Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode, the pilot episode of the Chippewa Hockey Download. My name is Devin Sarah, joined alongside my hosts, Reagan Cleves and Joe Lazier, where we talk all things Central Michigan hockey, diving into the current team's news, discussion, and much, much more. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. Happy to do this and looking forward to it. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny because we were talking about starting a uh, podcast show uh, a couple months ago near the end of the season around when we went to uh, Nationals. And Joe, uh, you came up with a great idea to kind of expand our, our reach on social media and media teams. So um, this is a great way to do it, and uh, I'm super excited for it. To bring the game of hockey back to Central Michigan and bring it to light, their experiences, share some stats, share their, you know, share some of the games that they've played with the people out there listening. Is It's going to be really special, and I'm very excited to do this. During this episode, we're going to go into our introductions and our story behind attending CMU and joining the media team. So we'll talk about those as well as recapping our experience over the past season as a broadcast team and all of the experience we had with that. And then we'll close out our show with discussion about um, our closing statements. So I guess I will start with my self-introduction. So my name is Devin Sarah. I am a junior at Central Michigan. I almost said sophomore, but uh, not anymore. I am studying broadcasting and cinematic arts with a minor in professional sales and advertising, which I just switched over to actually pretty recently, about a month ago, actually. So, And my favorite hockey memory has to be Pavel Datsuk between the the legs shootout goal. I think it was against the Chicago Blackhawks. I think honestly, you're right. like that's just my favorite memory. Yeah, that's just my favorite memory because any Pavel Datsuk highlight is my favorite memory. So it was uh, pretty fun to watch. Longtime Red Wings fan, but a fan that's not a Red Wings fan. Um, Reagan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mr. Boston Bruins yeah. fan. Uh, talk about yourself a little bit. Yeah. So um, I'm a uh, sophomore now at CMU. I started obviously last year and I'm studying like Devin broadcast cinematic arts, but I'm minoring in sport management as well as possibly a minor in statistics. Not sure where that's going to go, if that'll turn into a major or not, but I've started broadcasting uh, with CMU this past year. It was pretty darn fun times with Devin and the crew and my favorite hockey memory, despite being a Boston Bruins fan, would probably ooh, have to be the Grand Rapids Griffins of the American Hockey League winning their first two Calder Cups back in 2013, which is actually nine years ago, I think two days ago, when they beat the Syracuse Crunch in Game 6 of the Calder Cup Finals uh, at, at Syracuse, and then back in 2017 when they beat Syracuse at home uh, to win their second. My favorite hockey memory, even though I wasn't alive, was 2001 Stanley Cup Finals. You had Colorado. You have Ray Bork with the Colorado Avalanche, who who's been playing in the league for 22 years and never got the opportunity to play in the Stanley Cup Final. And to see him finally win it, to see Joe Sakic talk to him before Gary Bettman gave him the trophy, he was like, "Dude, I'm over here, let's get the Stanley Cup. You're gonna you're gonna raise it." And the call by Gary Thorne, a legend, was just oh. I go back and I watch it every almost on the daily and to just hear 
it and to see him and see his kid in the background just tears because it's that raw emotion of the hard work that he put in to finally raise the Stanley Cup it just kind of brings you to tears sometimes because to see him win it even though I'm not a Colorado Avalanche fan it was just it was just special we're going to transition into kind of our story behind attending Central Michigan University and how each of us joined the media team my story behind attending CMU I was a senior in high school early and about uh, September or so when I arrived to my senior year, I went to Wald Lake Northern High School in Commerce Township, Michigan. I started in high school doing news segments for a small morning show discussing all of the high school news and updates. We called it the, uh, <clears throat> you're going to like this one, Reagan, the uh, nightly news. So, you oh know, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> our lo- our mascot <laughs> was the, was the, the, the night, you know, like a, like a knight in shining armor and uh, it's not a bad we named pun. it nightly news. It's, it's not really not. Pun. It's no. really not. It's, it's actually pretty clever. And great uh, that I can't I didn't come judge. Up with it. And I can't judge based off of my <laughs> headlines on the, for the game stories, but <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did a lot of media for the school and news broadcasts and kind of just worked my way into finding avenues to to find a school for that. And I was looking at a couple of different places in Michigan, notably Michigan State, Western Michigan. But CMU had the premier opportunity with their broadcast and cinematic arts program. And there was a lot of notable alumni from our school. I had other alumni in my head. Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg. Yes, you're right. Dick Enberg is from CMU. A lot of noble alumni. It was just a great program. And so when I got to CMU, when I got rolling in my, my freshman year, it was during COVID. So there wasn't a whole lot of activity going on around campus. And I was really, really bored. I was just looking for anything I could do on campus to get involved and pass the time and, and make use of my credits there and find stuff to get involved with. So I went to the School of BCA at Moore Hall on CMU's campus, and I was asking people around about opportunities to broadcast sports. I was asking about um, NCAA sports, if there was any openings or club sports or whatever there was around. And I was at the time doing a, a, a new show for Sports Central, which is a weekly sports show dedicated to all things Central Michigan sports, NCAA. And when I was doing that, I got in contact with one of the news anchors there, and he told me about the CMU hockey team and how there was a friend he knew from that team named Nick Blaser, who was the former play-by-play voice after um, Sean Bendard, who we'll talk about a bit on this show as well, doing broadcasts for the CMU hockey team on the radio. So he had basically all of the equipment that Sean Bendard passed down, and Nick was broadcasting hockey for the team. And when I got to finally meet Nick, he told me about how he was leaving CMU and he was going on to bigger things, and he was looking for a replacement. And he kind of just, through an email, it kind of just fell into my lap to take over the, the reins of the CMU Club Hockey Radio Network, as it was called at the time. And from there on, I just started broadcasting games on the radio and uh here we are so uh that's kind of my story behind joining the team and uh i've loved it ever since so and i think i'll go next and kind of opposite start to uh, my high school career at, uh, other than devon because i went to a 600 person small catholic high school in grand rapids Catholic Central High School, actually. I started my broadcasting career there where I reached out, or actually, uh, the basketball head coach sent out a, a request for broadcasters for the basketball team, and I 
don't really enjoy basketball to the extent that I would like to broadcast, but I had actually been thinking about broadcasting for the hockey team, so I reached out to him and asked if he knew somebody I could get in contact with to do the hockey games, and that was in my sophomore year of high school, and I started to doing that, and uh, first year, we actually went to the uh, state quarterfinals, and I believe we lost to Detroit Country Day in overtime. I think, yeah, that was... No, that might have been my freshman year. Anyway, uh, but we had a relatively successful first year, and I only ended up doing seven games in that season, and the same with season number two, my junior year, and it uh, really kind of took off my senior year. It was for uh, the broadcasting network we called it, the Cougar Puck Radio, CPR for short, and the, our last year, it was, it was the COVID year. It was right after, it was the 2020-21 season, and it, it actually went really well. We broadcasted all the games, me and my broadcast partner, David Shamlin, my broadcast partner back at Catholic Central, and we had a blast. We did all the games uh, for Catholic Central that year, and then once we gra- once I graduated, I was looking for place to go that I could broadcast. And uh, through the grapevine, I heard that CMU had a pretty good broadcasting program with the likes of Dick Enberg and Matt Shepard is from here in the past. And I took a tour up here. I liked it. Decided to come here, and over the course of the summer, I actually contacted Nick Blaser as guy who Devin took the reins from, uh, and he uh, got me in contact with Devin. And then from there, we kind of hit it off. And this season was my first year with the team, and it was a blast. So for my story, it dates back to high school, sophomore year. I had done some PA work with uh, Jenison High School Athletics, Go Wildcats. And I wanted to be a PA guy, a public address announcer, or a sports beat writer, journalist, whatever. And I was sitting in class one day, and I saw these fan accounts post, you know, these cool graphics on the team that they were covering, whether it be the, you know, the Penguins or the Red Wings or the Avalanche. So I got in contact with one guy and he he let me in and that's how it started. I've done all my graphics on my phone since then. And, you know, going into my senior year of high school, I still kind of didn't know what I wanted to do, whether it was be a play-by-play broadcaster, a graphic designer, social media manager. In the summer heading into freshman year at Central, I got a text message from Samantha Hug over at D2 Hockey, Central Michigan D2 Hockey. Um, she's the photographer over there. And I contacted her and said, hey, is there any like job openings for sports or any of the clubs? You know, I, I'll do anything. I'll do, you know, photography, videography. You know, I'll try to get back into the social media game. And she sent me a CMU D3 Hockey post saying that there were jobs opening for a graphic designer, social media intern, and a photographer. So I just... Took a couple days to decide what I want. I hit up Charlie Hayes, sent him some of my work, and the rest is history. Yeah, and I don't know about you, Devin, but I think Joe absolutely killed it on the graphics this year with the CMU Twitter and yeah. all the stuff that oh, he did man. for that. It, they were amazing. You know, we're going to talk about it a bit in our next segment where we kind of recap our experience over the year. But, I mean, when Joe first came on in September and we were doing the first broadcast with you and me together – for the radio network, mm-hmm. Joe was posting on social media about the prospect skates, about the game schedules and, and highlighting each of the players. And it just wowed me how spectacular this was when I learned that he was making this on his phone. <laughs> like I, I know it's ridiculous. With, with the graphics. Yeah. Like, like your stuff looked like you spent like maybe two or three hours on Photoshop just messing around and playing with stuff to see what you made. Like, it just amazed me. But it was even more miraculous to, to hear about how you did it. So, yeah, I mean, you just Joe's been killing it all year. And if you haven't seen his work, go to the D3 Hockey Instagram page and you'll see what we're talking about. Joe has been running it for the past year. Or so. Now we're coming up on a year anniversary, right, Joe? 
since you joined. So with that being said, uh, shift gears a little bit and let's talk about what kind of the idea of this episode was our entire season as broadcasters and content creators for the D3 club hockey team at Central Michigan. And man, guys, we couldn't have asked for a better first year together because holy moly did this team over, I wouldn't say overachieve, but I mean, for what we, we, we thought going into what we learned at the first hop jump of the season after that first Davenport game, this team was was on fire from start to finish. Yeah, this it, they certainly were on fire. I, I remember I, I actually opened up the season doing a couple of uh, audio broadcasts uh, solo without Devin, and it was a pretty darn dominating first series against Davenport. I think we won combined like 16, 15, one yeah, just out of the series, but dog it, was, shows. it was ridiculous just watching how this team worked, how effectively they beat down Davenport. And talking about our experiences, I actually on that road game got to meet Tyler Kuehl, who uh, was a broadcaster for the Davenport Panthers, used to play for Davenport. He's actually a host on uh, News Radio Wood 1300 here in Grand Rapids. And it was great getting to meet him. He's a great dude. He actually ended up doing the ACHA D3 Nationals, or actually all the national tournaments in St. Louis this year. But meeting him, it was a great start to the year. Good to expand the network and get to know a couple more people. Yeah, and that's all great stuff. I mean, just the people that we've met, that can be a whole entire topic as it is, the connections we've made. But there's so many great people that – work within this league and around college hockey in general. And when you get to travel with a hockey team to a number of locations around the state and the Midwest, in our case, you meet so many great people and you get to experience so many new things as a broadcaster and get to learn. And I think that was the biggest thing this year is we we all just grew so much as a, as a core unit with the CCHN, the, the new Chippewa Club Hockey Network and the social media in your case, Joe, let's go back all the way to the beginning when we kind of started. The first time me and Reagan spoke was last summer in the July month where Reagan just happened to to be perfect because he was looking for opportunities to broadcast. He was uh, an experienced hockey broadcaster in high school and before with Cougar Puck Radio. And he told me about that when we sat down and we it, it wasn't even I wouldn't even call it an interview. We kind of just talked for an hour about broadcasting and hockey and, and what we both experienced. And I, you know, talking about, in my case, the, the the start I got in news journalism for high school and then into sports, it was a lot of fun to kind of just meet him and talk about and see his passion for the game and how good of a job he was going to do. And he absolutely knocked it out of the water in this first year. And, and to kind of go back to now into August and September, you guys came in as freshmen and were all new to CMU. You were new to, to on top of, of new to the broadcast, you guys were just trying to get your feet wet with the the activities you can do at CMU, getting your studies under you. You know, how was that for you guys transitioning from high school to college? And how did kind of this whole scene with CMU hockey play into it? Joe, you want to take that one first? Transitioning from high school to college was a really big leap for me because, you know, you go from an eight to three, eight to four school day every day for five days, and then you go to work right afterwards or you go home. And then now in college, you pick your own schedule. So sometimes you have classes starting at 12 or classes starting at eight, and you don't have to get up at eight o'clock or seven o'clock for school, pressured to be on a tight schedule. You go from an eight to four schedule to picking your own classes and get to pick your own schedule. 
you get your own kind of freedom and you're away from your parents. You're living on your own. It's you're living in the middle of nowhere. Basically it's a new town for you. It's a new environment. And it was really, it was really difficult. And it was very pressuring too, because you had to meet people, new people on your own. It was not like, Oh, you meet them at school and meet friends there. It's no, you're forced to go into a dorm and make friends that way. And I didn't, I enjoyed it. I loved it. And with hockey coming into play, it gave me a more tight schedule. I got to go to class and I wasn't stuck in my dorm all day. I got something to enjoy on the weekends. It got me excited and got me pumped up for what was to come. Like I could go to the practices, shoot a couple of shots. The CMU hockey team made the transition a little bit more easier. It The guys on the team were so nice and and it got me looking forward to doing something on the weekend, you know, instead of just staying in my dorm or, you know, doing homework all day. Yeah, and I, I certainly agree with you, Joe, on the fact that it was – it's a massive transition going from uh, high school where you have that set routine where you're used to living at home and being thrown into the college life where you really have no idea what the heck you're doing. And for me, I think what really helped with the, with that transition was not only the CMU – uh, D3 club hockey team, but also the fact that I was part of the marching band. It gave me a routine right away that I was able to go, hey, okay, I've got marching band practice every day at four. And that that kind of like set my routine. It helped me kind of ease into the year. But once we got into the hockey season, it was like I came home with the fact that like it was I was just a continuation of what I did last year with uh, CPR and coming into CCHN. Devin, you gave me the creative freedom to do basically whatever the heck we wanted to do with that YouTube channel. And I think that really helped. We were able to get a good start on CCHN. And like Joe mentioned, going from at the beginning of the year, I remember I setting up for the first game at home against Davenport. Coach Tyler Cataline came up to me and he was hey, like, hey, do you need anything? And I was like, who the heck are you? Because I had no idea who was on the team. And like, I, I went into that game knowing nothing about the team. The notes that Devin, you gave me for that game were, were a really good way to like, let me get some background info on the guys, but over the course of the year on our two trips down to one down to Florida to play that series against Florida Gulf coast and the second to St. Louis, you really got to know the team and it really became as like, I really felt that I was beginning to be a part of the team kind of like I had done in high school, but it was just on a much bigger level, spending time with the guys, getting to know them, becoming actually really good friends with them rather than just saying hi to them at the rank. Yeah, you're right, Reagan. I mean, I think, this year, the experiences and the places we went were so important in our development and, and seeing new things and meeting those new people. But from the, the start of just getting to know the team, just getting to know the players individually and building those connections and those friendships that we did were so important. I mean, when I came in as a freshman and did my first game against the uh, Northwood Timberwolves, against CMU. That first game, I remember being so nervous and so un unexperienced with the team. I mean, Nick, as we mentioned earlier, did such a great job in helping me transition from high school and getting getting to know who was who on the team. I mean, the first person I met was the captain, Brendan Martin. New kind of 
the broadcasters that came before us, Nick and Sean, and we're, we're forgetting an important guy, Tyler Marcotte, you know, <laughs> he uh, was, a, was a great producer. At one half, the voice of the Chippewas, really, on the former Chippewa Hockey Network. And, you know, just so meeting, meeting the entire team and the interactions we had were so vital. And it was so great to know that we were actually like initiated into the team sort of like we were a part of this group, not just from a media and outsider standpoint, like we were part of the team, like where the team went, we went. And a lot of times we as we got more comfortable, you know, in that relationship, and knowing the coaching staff, we did better, did a better job as broadcasters and presenters of the information. And I really think that our presentation this year from where we started to the end was fantastic but let's let's focus on like a little bit about our first time traveling on the road now reagan you went to davenport obviously alone oh that was a fun bus ride that must have been <laughs> that must have been a, a <laughs> tell us tell us about talk, talk us through like what was going through your mind on that first bus ride because like falling behind the guys almost like a like a like a duckling with like mother <laughs> ducks you know like the, like or like the wolves i guess i don't know yeah like, it, just tell us about how, what was your experience like on that first trip yeah it was really weird. I think – oh, who had I, – I, oh, who picked me up? I think Andrew Porzondek picked me up from my dorm and gave me, gave me a ride. And we, we drove this old school bus down to Grand Rapids and it was – honestly not comfortable at all we're like it's a whole team with all the gear crammed into this little school bus i know joe you can testify this to this as well but it was just this crazy bus ride down but one of the things that sticks out to me the most was our spot in the bus is the media team is more toward the front with the coaches and then you got the players in the back but that entire bus ride, I'm listening to Tyler Catiline and the stories that he's got to tell about his time with the team. Because this was his first year back after about three or four years away from CMU D3 hockey. And it was really fun to get to know his stories here, like the history behind the team. And I think that really helped kind of like, yes, I did kind of come into that bus ride with a bit of a duckling mentality, just kind of going and being like, okay, I have no idea who these guys are, but they're kind of cool. And going in there and really becoming a part of that team, just getting to know more about it, even through that hour and a half bus ride. So talking a little bit about your guys' favorite, I guess you, we should say your first times traveling on the road. We had a lot of great road trips this year. We went on the road to Saginaw Valley State. Reagan, you got to call the game there. Was that, that was a crazy environment. Because anyone who follows ACHA hockey mm-hmm. in the state of Michigan knows how wild Saginaw Valley State's arena is. I believe it's just off campus, right? And what's yeah. it called, Reagan? What's the it's, name of the uh, arena? Saginaw Bay Ice Arena. And, you know, as much as it was raved about being like a hype game, and it was, it was a hype game and the crowd was really good. I more remember the game itself. I think CMU was down three or four one at one point in that game, came back to tie it in the third period. I remember Joe, you were sitting next to me just screaming your heart out when we when we scored to tie it. And I'm I'm going berserk. I remember hopping up and down on one foot uh in the break between regulation and intermission. It was just this the most intense atmosphere I've been in. I had been in up to that point. It was a crazy game. And even though we ended up tying, if I had written a headline on that game, it would have been CMU wins four four because we had no right to be in that game whatsoever and I think once we I remember tying it up and the arena was just silent dead silent now one of the things I actually remember most clearly about that game was the band they had like a, a little pep band up in this little mezzanine above 
the right wing corner in the zone to our right. And it was just this kind of cool little atmosphere. It's a tiny little barn and really, really fun place to watch some hockey. As we talk about here, continuing on our discussion of our experience over the year, we go through the months of October and November. We go to the places we go to to places like University of Michigan, Flint, East Lansing to play Michigan State, Calvin University, Reagan close to home for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then an interesting point in the year was when we went to Adrian. Now I don't know about you guys, but my favorite place to play this entire year was at Adrian College inside their on-campus rink. The fact that they had the built-in bar to that place that you could walk to, you could basically what how it worked was it was two separate buildings that were connected inside the arena. So you could walk outside of the front entrance of the ice itself and walk to the upper level of the bar, which was like, I don't even remember what the place was called. It was some wing place advertised as, but you could literally watch the game from the balcony and see all of the grandstands of Adrian's arena. I really should have a, a sheet here that tells me the name of these arenas because I I do <laughs> not know arena. what it's called. Arrington Ice Arena. Arrington Arena. Thanks, Reagan. You yeah. know, maybe maybe we were talking before this. Maybe you should be like the stat guy for us and like have all of the, the <laughs> I information. Be down with, I would, I'd uh, be down with that. We, we, need, we need our own little producer guy. But hey, that's what I'm here for, right? Not doing a good job so far. But anyway, we, we go to Arrington Ice Arena. And me and Reagan are calling that game. And we stood on the top concourse of the Adrian Grandstand. That view of Arrington is so nice. And there's so much space. You can literally see the entire ice perfectly. And they actually don't have a bad netting screen around that arena either. So it's pretty easy to see through the ice and call the action. Yeah. And uh, the thing I remember about Arrington is it, it felt like a big arena. Like, because I mean, calling games from Martin Ice Arena is like calling games from a rink with no stands. There's basically no stands in there. (laughs) It's a fun atmosphere when you get the place packed. But Arrington was really the first massive arena that we've been to. And I mean, yes, it only sits like 500, but it's a really good NCAA Division three rink. And their press box view, as Devin talked about, was fantastic. You could see the entire ice. You were like you were elevated and the thing that i liked about where we were situated devin was getting to talk with the adrian broadcasters during like during the breaks during the intermissions to get their thoughts on the game and come back and present that information just like be able to bounce off them not necessarily on air but to be able to improve our broadcast notes and whatnot and it was also really fun you mentioned that bar up above the rink and i think there was at one point where some uh rather loopy shall we say uh fans from adrian started throwing <laughs> hey, food yeah, a, little, a couple and, of beverages and them. taunting and <laughs> throwing beverages on t- on our bench and they had to stop the game because oh, the boy. fans got yeah. a bit rowdy yeah. but it was that that was also one of my favorite uh trips Devin. yeah yeah and we're kind of working backwards here and talking about places we've been let's Talk about our home arena. Let's talk about the place that we we go to all the time, Martin Ice Arena. It is the Martin Ice Arena now, not named after the captain, Brendan Martin, but it might as well be. And I've wrote an article about that. You should read it. Martin Ice Arena, a small community iceplex with one rink connected to a host of basketball and volleyball facilities. This rink, guys, is in my mind still, and you guys went to St. Louis where it was a really, really cold rink. This is hands down the coldest rink 
in the state of Michigan, and I would argue the Midwest. <laughs> there is no place that you can stand for 30 minutes calling a game, have to go back in the lobby because you're freezing your toes off and, and having to sit there and just take in the, the freezer that is Martin Ice Arena. I mean, honestly, though, one of my favorite ranks just because of the fact that it has such a home feel to it. Small grandstands and Reagan, let's let's touch on like where we called games from. The left part of the bleachers when oh, you walk goodness. into the arena itself, there's bleachers on the left and right. We're always stationed on the upper left corner of the bleachers there. What was kind of your first experience with Martin Ice Arena and how did you develop with it overall this year? Yeah, so my first experience actually with Martin was uh, when I visited CMU back before COVID hit. And I we walked in there and we're looking around and I'm like, holy crap, this place is a dump. <laughs> and that's coming from Grand Rapids where they've got a bunch of big community ranks. And so it was just a change in mindset coming to CMU. Like, okay, this may not be as glamorous as say a Patterson or a Southside Ice Arena if you're from the Grand Rapids area and you know what I'm talking about. But it's still got character. It's the atmosphere when you pack that place in like for, um, for the Michigan game or for the Lawrence Tech game. It's just a buzzing atmosphere that really doesn't really compete. It, it can't compete with anything else because it is one of the best atmospheres, at least in Michigan for ACHA hockey, when you get the place packed and add the goal horn in and it's almost impossible to talk and be heard afterwards uh, after CMU scores. Yeah. A time I can think about what you're talking about. That place is such a small rink that when you fit only about even at like 200 to 300 people, it gets very, very loud quickly. And I remember when we called the Michigan series and we went on the road to Michigan in Canton and we won that first game in overtime with Brendan Martin's score, which by the way, was the goal call of the year by far. Oh, by thank you. you, sir. We came back at home and we packed that place. We had mm-hmm. college students there of all kinds. We had families, friends. We had Michigan supporters there as well. That was a an incredible experience. Unfortunate that our team didn't come away with the victory there, but such a, a great time and such a a fond game that i have such fond memories of hey everyone future devin here editing the episode i want to make the disclaimer real quick that while we recorded this episode all together in the same session we had an issue with joe's recording after the podcast finished so we were not able to upload his original recording what you've been hearing throughout this episode and what you will continue to hear is joe's own recording track that he made after we did the original episode due to his audio not recording so just wanted to make that disclaimer that we are not ignoring joe throughout this episode we hope to resolve the recording issues in the next episode and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode Joe, tell us about your experience photographing games there, because I know the glass there is a pretty beat up look, but there's a lot of vantage points that are unique to Martin Ice Arena. Tell us about your experiences photographing and and making content there. Filming at um, Martin Ice Arena, it was pretty interesting. It's a nice little barn and there's, you know, dents and there's some smudge on some of the glass. So you got to really pick your spot and you got to really find a great camera angle when you're lining up next to the boards because a lot of the parents and a lot of the people there would just like to stand around the boards rather than sit in the seats so and when it comes to the how cold it is man in this in the winter time it's dead cold you have to put on two or three layers just to stay warm and when you're holding the camera 
you're always you're shaking after a while when it can when it gets into the third second or third period your hands start to shake because you're so cold so you got to just stay warm walk around do do a little jumping or whatever to keep yourself warm and for photography you got to keep you got to be balanced because when you're when you're shaking so much you look like you got you get the shot but when you go back and edit it it's like oh dang it's ruined and now i bought a i brought a um stabilizer still haven't figured that out yet but when it comes to photography and filming it's one of the nicest places to film because you get a lot of access to around the arena into the locker room you have so many unique angles like on top of the bleachers or yeah so martin ice arena it's a small rink so you hear everything so if a fan's chirping, it kind of gets into your sh- or your video if you're vi- if you're a videographer. So you got to be really careful to not not stand near the some of the parents, you know, or some of the other fans because it might ruin the video or ruin the shot that you just got. And you got to get there first because all the parents and fans want to stand up and watch the game, especially the hockey dads, as you guys know. But yeah, it, 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 you're right, Joe. I mean, it is such a a homely feel rink. I I really. Remember, like I talked about it earlier, my first time calling a game there. I mean, standing in front of those on top of the bleachers was such a, a – I felt so close to the ice and I felt so like immersed in the, the atmosphere because you can just feel every single like touch of the puck. You can hear every crack of the glass, every bang of the boards. It's such a well-orchestrated rink for how small it is. And I think it allows you to – kind of put in your mind the the painting the picture that we do as broadcasters and as media to tell the story of the team and tell the story of the game. It's it's a it's a great ring. I wouldn't say it's a dump. I would say it's it's a, a very old fashioned, very homegrown rink with maybe not all the bells and whistles as yeah. we talked about some of the, the more fancy ranks like Ericton Ice Arena and the Thunder Ice Arena and, mm-hmm. and Trine, which by the way, that was a great rink to call yeah. a game from for both of us, Reagan. But mm-hmm. you know, just just such a, a unique place. And I think even though you freeze yourself off, you know, anyone listening that's visiting Martin Ice Arena for the first time, I recommend bringing three or four hand warmers and stuffing them as far as you can in your shoes. That I, way, I would also um, suggest a space can, heater. <laughs> yeah, just bring in the propane tank, um, grill heater, everything into the arena, and yeah. you know maybe maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll let you in, they'll let you slide. They they understand. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Devin, um, you talk yeah. about you talk about that broadcast angle, and I think it's one of the things that don't necessarily think about as a broadcaster. You usually want as high as you can get, center ice, so you can see everything that's going on. You get the best angle. But you do talk about Martin Ice Rink getting you close to that action, and I really do think that that is one of the more unique things about Martin, is the fact that, yes, it's small, but as a broadcaster, as a fan, you are never far away from the action. Close, you can feel the hits, you can see the glass rattle, it's like you're right there on top of the action, and I think that's what makes it such a fun venue. Yeah, and like most ACHA ranks, you can have a hot dog in your hand, uh, sitting in the grandstands one minute, and the next you can be banging your hand on the glass, giving the business to uh, whatever player you desire um, on the opposing team or ours if they make you mad for whatever reason. You know, I've seen it once or twice with our fans. (laughs) (laughs) The Chippewa faithful are rowdy, we'll tell you that. So kind of going into kind of the closing 
uh, remarks of this episode. We wanted to keep the material pretty light and just about our experience and kind of telling what the the podcast is about and, and our experiences over this year as broadcasters, as I mentioned a couple times here. Favorite memory from this season? This can include an experience on the road, anywhere that you travel to. Um, I wanted you and, and, and Joe to touch on your experience at Nationals, Reagan, but is that part of maybe your favorite memories or uh, what's one place that you could you can remember from this year specifically? Yeah, so you mentioned Nationals and th- those were definitely my favorite points of the season. Go- getting to go to St. Louis, I didn't get to take the bus ride down to St. Louis because it was in the middle of spring break and my parents wanted to do something for spring break. So we ended up going out to Kansas City. But when I ended up joining the team a day before Nationals, it it was the start of a really, really great week. Uh, we started our game. We started with our game against Iowa State. We ended up tying I, that game, I believe, on a comeback with Marty scoring a couple of goals. But what I remember most about that game was the fact that the referee had to sing the national anthem. And because the PA guy was nowhere to be seen. So uh, I, I was already set up, ready to write the game story. We weren't broadcasting that game because Hockey TV has exclusive rights on the ACA National Championships. But I went down at, like once the game started and after the referee had to sing the national anthem, which I felt really bad for him because he didn't uh, look like he was having any fun. But I went down and I got myself a pretty fun gig. I was a fill-in PA guy for the rest of the national championships. And it was it was really fun. I got to do two of the Central Michigan games, the first one against Iowa State and then the last one against Hope, which was possibly the game of the tournament, CMU and Hope going 2-1 into overtime. And Hope, unfortunately, ended up closing that one out. But that was one heck of a game. And just being able to do PA for four or five games of that tournament was certainly my favorite part of the year. And I don't know about you, Joe, you probably have a little bit of a different experience at nationals than I do. Nationals was pretty fun. Me and Tristan Hagenstein rode together to the uh, Martin Ice Arena and it was 2.40 in the morning. The guys were ready to leave at 3 a.m. So we were the ones, we're the first, we're the last ones on the bus. So it was pretty tight and compact. There was really no leg room at all. It was hot. I couldn't get a, it was an eight hour bus ride. So I, I didn't get really that much sleep. And so when we finally pulled up to St. Louis, it was really cool. We got to see the, us. Uh, we got to see the arch, took a couple photos there and we walked downtown and when we were walking downtown. We got to stop. We got, we got actually got to sneak into the St. Louis Cardinals uh, pro shop and they had a huge dining experience. And then if you go out the back door, you get to see Bush Stadium. It was closed off, so we just all took pictures from the gate, and then we got to see the Enterprise Arena, and it was really cool. We got to go and experience the St. Louis Blues game. That was the one thing that we got to do. We were fortunate enough that the Ottawa Senators were in town, and so before the Nationals even started, we got to go see a St. Louis Blues game. They won, I believe, 4-1, to one, and the environment was spectacular. The organ playing, the fans were into it, the media on ice. A puck was, a funny story is, a puck actually, during warm-ups, we got to sneak down near the boards. Our seats weren't there. Our seats were high above in, like, the the top of the bowl of the arena. And we got to sneak down and sit in a couple seats uh, for warm-ups. So we got to see the Ottawa Senators warm up. And a puck flew right near me, and I didn't see until last second. Rofi was sta- was sitting right next to me, so I kind of dodged it, and Rofi extended his hand to try to stop it, and it went right through his hands, and unfortunately, the lady behind us wasn't so lucky. It hit her right in the head, and her night was done, and so 
everyone just kind of looked at me and Rofe and Tristan was like, dude, you could have dodged that. And I'm like, well, it was last minute. And Rofe was next to me just like, ah, I should have caught that. And I'm like, yeah, Rofe, you're a goalie. You should have caught that. And we we're just, you know, just joking with each other. And some of the fans behind us saw that we were hockey players in town for a national championship. So they're just dogging us. And you no, know, but it was a, it was a fun night. We got back to the hotel and we just were in the hotel for most of the time. And the bus ride down to the rink, the Sentian Center was really cool. They had four rinks in it, and they had a couple of banners hanging up with all the former past, the with the, all the former teams that have won the Murdoch Cup and who've won nationals, and their food is pretty good. Um, I'd have to say my favorite CMU memory from this year would have to be at nationals. It was the final game of the Round Robin Series versus Hope. Whoever won got to move on to the final four versus Arkansas. So the place was absolutely buzzing, you know, from both sides. Hope had a whole bunch of fans that drove down from Michigan the day before, and we had our fans and people from the St. Louis area uh, cheering us on. You could hear it on hockey TV, too. You could hear it on the broadcast. It it was like sitting in that scores table, it was deafening. Like even doing PA for that game, you couldn't hear a thing thing other than the crowd it was ridiculous the music was even hard to hear and this was a big game for cmu they have a pass with hope as we all know the last couple of times they've knocked us out of a national championship run back in 2018 when they won their first we were in i believe we were in the final four and we were one game away from the national championship and they knocked us out and we we're pretty close but the game itself it was my favorite memory because all the guys were at they were playing their best game of all of the whole year. Not not a single moment did I see any of them not give 110%. And so after the game was done, you know, emotions are flying in the locker room. You had a couple of guys that have been there five to six years. And, and to see, you know, the emotion after the game in the locker room, it was just – it took I had to take it all in because some of these some of the vets who've been there five plus years they know what it, what it takes to play hope and to get to this point and to have it fall through and they can't play their eligibility is done for their career it was just it was emotional and heartbreaking to see that and it kind of got the best of me too I kind of teared up a bit because <laughs> I knew what it took for this team to get to this point and to see him play the best hockey they've played all season. Some, most of their careers, they were just too close to not not get to that. Yeah, and that yeah, rivalry that... stems from massive games in the past, too. We've uh, we've played right, Hope yep. in national semifinals, Vezina Cup finals for the MCHC title. We've played them in just a bunch of high-stakes games. And mentioned that game against Hope to end the year. That was for a right to play in the Final Four. Whoever won that game was going to go on. And it was it certainly added to the rivalry and Future games against Hope are going to be quite fun, put it one way. To finish off our point here about our favorite memory, I guess I'd have to say my favorite memory. I've got two. I'm really, really torn about this. But looking back at the schedule, my favorite moment from this year had to be, game-wise, the double overtime victory against Lawrence Tech during the Michigan Collegiate Hockey Conference semifinal game. I mean, that was so just an electric finish to what was a scrap literally a gong show scrap wise (laughs) from players because we got so late in that game in that first overtime where literally any second it could have ended Lawrence Tech really had the momentum almost all of the third period into overtime and they just couldn't bang it home and there was a little bit of controversy even in that first overtime 
when we thought the game was over, the puck was shot from the blue line and it went off the right post, I believe, past Thomas Rofe. And we all, all, everyone in the building thought it was over then. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I, but it wasn't. I remember. I called it and, a goal. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. And, and and you can go back and listen on our, our YouTube channel, just that call. And it was such a long game, but it was my favorite game just because of the way it ended. You know, Jacob St. Andre scoring it, setting the chips to the regional final against Hope, or the regional semifinal against Hope, who went on to play Grand Valley and lost the MCHC title to them eventually. But that game, the second round of that playoff was so much fun. And just the way it happened, because remember, Reagan, late in the year, the team was kind of struggling a bit. And we're going to touch on it in our next episode when we deep dive into the D3 team, their recap of the season. They were not in a in a very positive way to add. You know, they, they lost to Lawrence Tech on the road, went into the playoff, beat Adrian in that first game in dominating fashion, but then had to play Lawrence Tech, who was really the Achilles heel. And we beat them. And that was just such an electric moment that I'll, I'll never forget as a broadcaster and as a fan of the team. Yeah, was certainly one heck of a game, Devin. That is for sure. Just my second thing is really short here is the the trip to Florida Gulf Coast was hands down my favorite road trip of the season for obvious oh, yeah. reasons. You know, that was such a we, we talked about earlier in the show about how you guys came into college and had no idea what you were doing. Uh, we went on this trip to Florida <laughs> and we really had no idea what we were doing. I mean, the getting out of the airport, like I remember when we landed in the airport in Fort Myers and it's me. Joe Reagan and Tristan Hagenstein, uh, team photographer for the D3 team. And we are trying to find this rental car. And we are <laughs> debating when we get out of the airport, we get our bags, we get our stuff, we're waiting with the team. But we had to go drive ourselves to the hotel and we're trying to find the rental car. And we, me and Reagan were in a in an argument because we were trying to figure out where the rental car place was for a while. We were like coming off the plane, like, where the heck do we go pick this up? And Tristan looks up on his phone where the rental place is. <laughs> and it says it's like 30 minutes away. And we're like, how the heck are we going to get over there and find this place? And then we're, we've, I felt so stupid after because we walked down the elevator and got our bags. And we realized it was right across the street. So <laughs> it was never actually like 30 minutes away. And we were coordinating buses that, and trying yeah. to get a car. And, oh. and I, but, mean, I mean, that trip all weekend long was just so much fun. Traveling to the hotel, yeah. back to the arena, to the to the little sand, sandy beach uh, yeah. bar we went to. I mean, that Devin. Was, uh, I wouldn't even call it a bar. but yeah. I mean, Devin, we talked about Martin being the coldest rink we've ever been in. Uh, <laughs> Hertz Arena, where we played our games against Florida Gulf Coast, that had to be the warmest arena ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. You really, you really can feel the Western Florida sun. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, the Hertz Arena, home of the Florida Everblades. By the way, shout out to them for winning the ECHL League Championship, the Kelly Cup, over the Toledo uh, Walleye. Team is it? Toledo Walleye, yeah, from uh, Ohio, right? So um, shout out to them for winning that. Hertz Arena was a great experience. Yeah. But Reagan, when we shot the oh. uh, pregame show <laughs> out front of the arena, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that was so we, much fun. Oh, that was, that was my favorite moment. Just because Don't we spent start 20 everybody. minutes plus <laughs> trying to record. <laughs> We're trying, me and Reagan are out front of the arena trying to record the pre-series show between Florida Gulf Coast and Central Michigan, who they were going to play a back-to-back game there on the road. It hurts. We were in front of the arena trying to record that. And I swear, like, we spent probably 10 minutes 
messing up the first like headline of news because we could not stop laughing. Reagan and me just butting in with each other and, and the fact uh, that messing you up couldn't say the backup and, netminder's name right. Yeah, I couldn't pronounce his netminder name. Yeah, right. I mean, that guy, dude. I, I couldn't even just go watch it. I couldn't. It was Wolford. Wolford. Yeah, I said Wolford. <laughs> Now I remember, yeah, I kept saying his name is like, instead of Wolford, I said Wolfart. And I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. And we spent 10 minutes just laughing about this backup netminder's name. and Who didn't even play oh, in the man, series at Joe. all. <laughs> right, didn't even play it. We're trying, to, we're trying to explain who he is. And poor Joe standing there for 20 plus minutes, getting just baked in the sun. Um, and not being know, able to hold a, the camera camera steady because he's laughing the entire time (laughs) (laughs) right exactly we should have thought ahead (laughs) oh yeah so just such fun time um and we're actually gonna be releasing a blooper reel pretty soon of the acha season that's gonna be a fun video to watch just because of all the times me and reagan just went back and forth and as broadcasters, you know, made our mistakes. So yeah, what a what a fun time and what a fun trip that was. So with that, I think we're gonna wrap up the show. Guys, a great first episode here. Went a little bit long, but I think it was all worthwhile just talking about our time starting out with CMU Club Hockey Network and working with the team itself on the social media we had a great first year we had made so many memories and uh you know i I really can't wait for the year that's coming up and what we have ahead yeah so i mean what we've got ahead at least for this podcast uh later this year or later this summer rather uh we're gonna come out with episodes each for each of the teams here at cmu with a pre with a both a recap of last season and a preview of the season upcoming uh for both for all three of the teams here at cmu the men's d3 team the men's d2 team as well as the women's d2 team and that'll be coming up later this summer yeah and uh just any closing statements from you guys i think it was fun talking about our experiences and joe uh you know what are you looking forward to most with the pod what i'm looking forward to most about this podcast is to talk central michigan hockey not that many people know that we have a hockey team we have a we're acha d2 d3 and we have a women's team as well so what I'm looking forward to most about this podcast is just to talk Central Michigan hockey. Not that many people know that Central Michigan has a hockey team. We know it's a club team, ACHA, D2, D3. So not that many people are going to know about us on social media or in the news. With this podcast, I want to talk as much as I can and get to dive in into the players' minds about what they do on the ice. And so to make our own podcast and talk Central Michigan hockey, it's going to be special. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the first episode of the Chippewa Hockey Download. Make sure to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to the Chippewa Club Hockey Network, where you can find game highlights as well as pregame shows highlighting all of the games that we had last season and the content we'll have coming up following the recruiting news for all three of the hockey teams, as well as um, highlights possibly from this podcast next episode we're going to talk division three men's hockey team that we all covered last season we're going to hopefully have a special guest on the pod for that one we're not sure who yet but in that episode we'll talk about the season in a more in-depth analysis talking about the games themselves and the progress of the team and previewing what's ahead for them as they get ready to start up a new year of uh, more ACHA Division Three hockey action. So, guys, thanks for coming on the podcast today. This has been a lot of fun. It's been a great time to chat with you guys about our experiences, and uh, I'm really, really looking forward to what we have ahead for this. So, with that, thank you for listening to the first episode of the Chippewa Hockey Download. And for Reagan Cleese, Joe Lazier, and myself, Devin Sarah, we say so long. and Have a great week, everybody.